Hello everyone, welcome. Hello there. To the next episode of the Digital Century Podcast, not broadcasted live, and we're back to the simple single shot. Yeah. We we had some uh some mishaps go on. Hashtag where's the key? No one knows that reference but Dom and I. Uh, basically, we weren't able to live stream this one, and we're actually going to be recording one right after this because we won't be able to be back for a couple weeks. Yep. So, get ahead of the game. Ahead of the game. So, we have a few topics and things. Uh, the, these episodes are probably going to be all over the place. I mean, they typically are, but probably these ones even more so. Um, so, yeah, let's just uh, let's get right into it. So we didn't really get to talk about E3 a lot in the last uh episode so dom what were what were some of your highlights from e3 uh well aside from the obvious one that we touched on a little bit last time i'll kind of skip over that one for right now um excited to see doom eternal i got a feature trailer um well i guess more of like a gameplay trailer so to speak or whatever uh with some narration over that um i was never really into doom just because I thought it was like a horror game. I didn't like horror as a as a thing. And my buddy, uh, buddy of mine, he's like, Dom, you gotta try this game out. Like story wise, like it's not that great, but like gameplay, oh my god, it's phenomenal. So I go, oh, all right, all right, like I'll give it a shot. And two hours later, going after going over to the house, I was like, I need to get this game. Like I'm not saying I'm a big fan of the franchise, but I need to get this game. It's on sale right now on Steam for fifteen dollars. I, I thought it about for sixty. <laughs> And he told me, he's like, Dom, I guarantee you, just wait till it goes like half off. I'm like, two days later, I'm like, dang it, like, I want to play this game. F it, I'm going to buy it right now, $60, literally the next day, half off. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, I, so, like, it's down to $15, and I feel like that would be a good time, because I haven't played it. Mm -hmm. I've seen that it's fantastic and whatnot, and I want to play it, but I also don't know that I want to pay $15, which is really sad, because it's like, it used to be 60 and people used to like it at 60 and I don't even want to pay for it at 15. I don't know. It I would say because it's $15 like you should consider buy buying it. If you like first person shooters, if you like the Doom franchise, if you're all about like gameplay, like it it will be well worth your money. Even for $60, like it's worth the money for that aspect, but I wish the story was a little bit more developed, but yeah, for fifteen dollars, like it's worth it. Do you know like roughly how many hours of gameplay it is? Mm. Dang, probably for my run through anywhere. Dang, when I last played this like three years ago, probably around ten hours. Okay. And that's not include that. That's including the fact that you know I played on the hardest difficulty and you die a lot. Yeah. Um. So yeah, there's that. But okay. I, I would, and then, you know, if you're trying to be a completionist too, like they'll take extra time. Right. Uh, there's a lot of Easter eggs in the game. Like it pays homage to the original game, uh, which I thought was pretty cool. It's gotta, because it was like the the big reboot to the franchise. So. Yeah. And I don't know if it's like a reboot in terms of a, a retelling or like a reboot for just a continuation of what we already know. But did Doom really have like a canon to it like was there a linear storyline of like from what my friend told me doom one took place on mars doom two uh took place on earth because after the events of the first game like it, earth was now in ruin 
um, I don't know about Doom 3. I, I can't remember too much about that. But there was a canon storyline. Um, but this one, I can't recall if it really acknowledged any of the earlier games. But there was like a lore that you had to discover, basically. There is the what's thrown in your face, as with any game lore. But then there's like things you find, like in traditional Doom, you know, you find little things and it like builds upon like kind of like secret files, right? You know, and just some other things and uh, learning how these demons came to be and all that stuff. I never looked into that, but my friend said like it's just really depressing just like learning how these demons came into existence. You know, like they're just atrocities that had to happen or something like that, you mm. know. Um so yeah, there's a lot to discover, I think, in general. Um, so again, I think it's definitely now it's well worth the $15. My favorite, because I think I watched that gameplay. I watched some gameplay of Doom Eternal recently. And my favorite thing about it was when you, I think it was like at, at the very end or almost at the end, there's like the big cannon, right? Mm-hmm. And you go and you open the cannon and the and then a round goes to chamber and you're just like, nah, and you kick it out of the way and you get it and you're the bullet. That's a great thing. Yeah, there's a lot of fun things from the first game, and I'm only just, I haven't really thought about it, but just now in the moment, I'm looking forward to what new things they throw at us, Um, because this is supposed to be the sequel to Doom 2016, and the first game definitely leaves you on a cliffhanger. Yeah. Um, So I'm just like, oh, come on, man. Like, you just got to give me more. Like, (laughs) I I need it, right? Kind of like a a drug. And um, yeah, I, I hope this is just like, uh, just a continuation. Hopefully there's a third game if it pans out. Uh, but yeah, I'm really looking forward to Doom Eternal. Yeah. What was some other things? So like there was Halo Infinite. That was cool to me anyways. Um, it was... I, don't, I wasn't underwhelmed because... I don't know. Like it felt like another demo of the engine versus like... Gameplay. Yeah. It was definitely like very teaser-esque. Like, hey, we're going to just show you that this is a thing and it's being made. Right. More so even than like the first one. The first one, which was definitely mainly a tech demo of the new engine. Um, But this one, I think it's still cool. I think there's a lot of mystery behind it as to like where we are in the timeline. I think we're three to five years after Halo 5. Did you play Halo 5? I did. I played it once. Uh, I did a big uh, run through of the major games. And I forgot how the fifth one ended. I remember you like you you fight like this big battle and Cortana, she does something and she like escapes and then like I don't know what happens to Master Chief at that point. Yeah, uh, nothing. It just like what, like fades to white or something. So essentially, from what I remember, because I also haven't played the campaign to Halo Five in a long time, and I think many people are the same way uh, for reasons. You know. For reasons, but uh, what I remember from the ending was uh, those big owl-looking things, the guardians. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cortana's basically like, I'm going to take all of these and go, like, destroy things, essentially. I forget what her, like, end goal was. I don't think it was to destroy humanity, or it was, like, to turn humanity into Prometheans. I forgot. But in terms of, like, Master Chief, like, you literally kind of just, like... I think the last mission, actually, you play as Locke. You don't even play as Master Chief. And so, essentially, like, really? you just kind of the final shot is of like you coming in in a pelican or someone in a pelican lock and chief lock or chief one of them yeah and then there's the arbiter and halsey on like their main base and then Mm -hmm. you come in on the pelican and like oh yeah we're back and that's it and then like the legendary ending was cortana humming a song 
and then one of the halo rings like lights up and that's that's the end um so i'm assuming that's where they are in the beginning here because they're at a halo ring that got destroyed and apparently this battle or something and chief is once again floating in space frozen frozen with his suit once again just like in survival mode like they built these spartan like suits really well i mean he fell from space and was fine he was frozen for how long and was fine and here he's frozen again and he's fine i mean that's uh in that in the in that world it's technology just so far ahead you know yeah and spartans was a special program so far ahead that they had to abduct uh, abduct children to do the spartan program but you know right and there was something in particular about john right that's his name john john i don't know if there's anything he was just like a star student essentially like th- there's a specific scene that people will point out it was in i think in a, in a comic where he's he's still a kid and he's still i think he's just going through the the augmentation mm. and he goes into like a rink with like these odsts which are like the big tough marine dudes essentially mm-hmm. uh, and like special ops and he just like beats beats them all up and even kills one of them by accident you know it's like as like a 12 year old kid so yeah he's just like he was he had like leadership qualities and like he was very selfless and so he was just like a star student essentially that's yeah it's really all that special with him aside from like the Spartan 2 genetic augmentation that, you know, was done. But yeah, I'm interested in like the timeline here because like, are we going to find out that like, oh yeah, like Locke's gone. Everyone from the past game is gone. Like they're dead or off doing something else. Like how are they going to, because we're in a new engine, we're in a new art style. So like if they want to bring back Locke and all those other characters from Halo 5, they're going to need to... I would think anyways they would need to redesign everyone you know unless they just want to keep the armor well i i don't know i I mean i don't think it would be impossible i mean look at they're bringing in master chief who they've had to upgrade in all the graphics and all the new engines right you know from one all the way through five now six six always imagine it as like a fresh look to the original halo you know going back to that look of what everyone fell in love with right and I don't think it'll be terrible just to redesign everyone if they already had to do it to Master Chief. Yeah, I, I guess they could. There was a theory that I read a long time ago. Uh, this was like back after Halo 5 and people were really getting up in arms about like the 343 Halo style um, that they made. And people were saying like, well, because in Halo 5 they brought back some of the Reach armor for the multiplayer. They brought back mm. some, they made some like Halo Reach armor. Right, right. And so people were like, well, what if in Halo 6, essentially what happens is for some reason, all of the new armor and stuff just doesn't work. Like whether it's like there's like an EMP type thing or for some reason they just don't work and they have to go back to old technology because Cortana is just wrecking things, you know. Uh, like like Almost like there's like a shortage of material so they need to go back to stuff that they've stored up from many years ago. Right. And that would explain why they go back to some like this older armor. Kind of like the reasons why someone in a uh, modern society will go from digital to analog. Right. Just, right. Uh, I mean, I guess that's from a scientific, realistic point of view. I guess that could work. But I don't know. I, I, I'd... I wouldn't look that far into it. I, I, I'm okay with them just downgrading just for downgrading if needed. Yeah, I was going to say, I hope they don't explain it. I yeah. hope they don't spend too much time trying to explain why does Chief look different? Why is this like this? Like, I, eh, I don't think we need it. 
you know? Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not like they ever explained the fact of why his armor looks so much better, you know, when they upgraded. Yeah, I think there was something on, like, because you're talking about between, like, Halo 3 and Halo 4, right? Like, that jump. Yeah. It's like, I think there was, while Chief was frozen, Cortana basically rebuilt his entire suit with, like, nanotechnology. Think about, like, Tony Stark in Avengers, mm-hmm. how he had, like, the nanotech suit. Something like that. Like, little nano robots that went through over time and just, like, replaced his armor to mm-hmm. upgrade it. Mm-hmm. Which is why when you wake up in Halo 4, when Chief wakes up in Halo 4, he's like, you've been busy. Because that's because Cortana, like, redid his suit. I don't know. Yeah, this is something. Oh, but all right. I, I think they don't really have to explain it because of the, like, long gap. But, yeah. I mean... Let's just say if they're gonna explain it, let it be kind of like a kind of like an Easter egg where you just come across it, like how in Halo Five you come across like those files that goes upon the lore of the Forerunners, right? And like yeah. how humanity was created. Like I think that would be fine. Just a little tidbit of information for like, oh look, here's this, here's something for your hard work, kind of thing. I, I think I'd be okay with that. Yeah. Just don't don't tell me like, hey, Master Chief, we had to downgrade your armor because of this. <laughs> yeah, but. I'm curious, like, what the enemies will be, like, if we're still fighting the Covenant, if we're going to fight Promethean still, the Flood, because it sounded like the Flood was making a return, because I believe in the Halo Wars 2, which takes place a little after Halo 5 or during Halo 5, I don't know, they uh, they brought back the Flood, mm-hmm. so that'd be cool to see the Flood again, because... They weren't in the fifth one. They weren't in the fifth one, they weren't in the fourth one, essentially after the third one, they're just gone. You know, I think maybe you're made to believe that they just perished. I don't know. I forgot what happened to the grave mind in Halo Halo Three. Well, I mean, okay, so Halo Three, your your grave mind, you go to that ship with uh, with that Covenant guy, um, and the ship explodes. I think, and I think it would wipe out everything within the proximity, like a nuke. So I think that's what would happen, but. I think the lore also explains of how the flood was created, and that was the forerunners, right? Because they want to wipe out humanity. Wasn't that what it was? Or did you never get that far into it? I forgot what why the flood was created or how they were. I know the forerunners created the halo rings because of the flood. But I thought the forerunners created humanity. But then no, someone well, was just like, "No, let's let's wipe out humanity." Hence the flood. No, the forerunners were humanity. The forerunners were us. Like humanity got so strong and so powerful. Um, and then we basically created a genetic replica of humanity. In beca- So basically, the, how I understand it is there was the flood, which right. were basically like killing all the, the forerunners, which the forerunners were humans. Mm-hmm. So the forerunners go off and create uh, genetic replicas of like every living thing in the universe that they know of, at mm-hmm. least. Um, so that way, when they... Uh, use the halo rings to destroy everything and also destroy the flood humanity would just be reborn everything that was here before because would be wiped out by the halo rings and because of the genetic replication would be brought back Mm. hence humans were back so forerunners technically created modern day humanity but also humanity was the forerunners at one point Mm. i think that's how that goes um so i don't know who how, how the flood was created or what the flood i forgot 
I, don't know, I just thought I the that flood, was so convoluted. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that that was one thing that really caught my interest because I love ancient mythology stuff and just so coming across those uh, data files you can come across of just learning more about the forerunners and their history of how they came, how who they were, how humanity was created, and just all this political conflict, you know, of who's involved. Like I like learning about that stuff. So if they dive deep more into that in Halo Six, I think that that would be uh, pretty cool. Like I thought it was the coolest thing in Halo 4 where you go to the Forerunner planet or going all back to Halo 1 where you find the the Halo and then Cortana's like, oh yeah, like this was created by the Forerunners or blah, 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 blah. It's like, oh, who's that, right? And they never really explain it. They never do it in the third, second one or the third one. But then the fourth one's like, oh, we're on their planet now. I'm like, oh, yes, 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 let's let's go into it. Let's dive headfirst, right? And then you see this big orb, and then the big baddie comes out, and he's like, the forerunners have returned. I'm like, oh, yeah, here we go. You know, like, give me some more of this. Um, so I think all that is really, really cool. And the whole Prometheus thing uh, for being a, a myth junkie is, like, Prometheus was the Greek titan that Zeus, you know, basically uh, punished for he gave fire to humanity. So that's the whole story with the eagle always feasting every morning. Uh, at, at the Prometheus's uh, guts, basically. Um, so I thought it was like a nice touch to Greek mythology or history with how they got the names for the game and all that stuff. So I'm like, oh, that's nice. And then same thing kind of goes with the Prometheus uh, films um, by that one filmmaker. I forgot his name. But anyway, I digress. I don't know. Never tell us. Um, yeah, man. Halo. Yeah, I, I, I will say with the trailer... I wish there was a little bit more aside from what was given. Uh, me too, to an extent. Like I like this game's not coming out till twenty twenty. Right, that's why I thought it was next year. It's coming out with the next Xbox console. In oh my god! Fall of twenty twenty. And it'll be on PC though, I think. So that'll be cool. Yeah. But yeah, I know what you mean. Like I think it was cool. Like we got to see Master Chief. We got to see his new armor. We got a better look at the engine and overall that. And so it's like I wanted more, but I know why we didn't get more, and I'm okay with it. Yeah, we'll just have to wait. You know. Yeah, we'll probably get something more about the end of the end of the year, like the holiday season or something. Maybe because then it'll be like one year until it comes out. So that that would be uh that would be neat. Yeah. Uh, let's see what else. What else. Uh, I'm trying to think, what else did they announce at E3? They they showed, so they showed like Cyberpunk 2077. That was cool. Like a like they didn't show much from it. It was just a another cinematic trailer almost. But if anything, what was cool about that was that I don't know how much you've been following Cyberpunk so far, but a couple months ago they did like 40 minutes of gameplay, mm-hmm. and Cyberpunk is you know it's an RPG. You get to pick your character if you want to play male or female. And so when they did the 48 minutes of gameplay, they played as a female. And then this time they showed the trailer, but it was like a male character. So it was kind of cool because some of the characters in the new trailer were from that like gameplay demo. And so it's kind of neat to see the different interactions with like male and female. Just like, oh, yeah, you can pick anyone. Yeah, yeah it was neat. Yeah, and then it was kind of cool that they got Keanu Reeves in it. <laughs> they got Keanu Reeves! Oh, that's my favorite thing in the world. That was... So I was watching it live, and that was fantastic. Like, when they they showed it, it's like, you know, we have a city to burn. And then, like, the gates open up and all the smoke comes out. I'm like, no, they didn't. 
they don't have Keanu Reeves. And then he came out, and I was so happy. And that's where he comes out, and then someone says, you're... You're breathtaking. And he's like, no, you're breathtaking. You're all breathtaking. And then they uh, gave that guy a free copy of Cyberpunk 2077, but he rejected it and said to donate that money to charity instead. Yeah, that was neat. But uh, Keanu Reeves is great. Let's talk about Keanu Reeves for a minute. All right. He is the talk of the town right now, which is funny. I don't know why. I mean... John Wick came out, John Wick 3, which I haven't seen yet. I really want to, but I like John Wick 1 and 2. And then he's also in Toy Story 4. He is, yeah. He, yeah, he's. Just, I guess he's just been known as like an all-around good guy. Yeah, like there's a lot of stuff. Uh, I remember a while back I came across this uh, picture on Facebook where apparently he doesn't, he takes public transit to and from work. Yeah, he gives a lot of his money to charity or something like that. Yeah, it's like he lives in a very modest home. He takes like the subway. He uh, donates to charity. Um, yeah, he's had some pretty traumatic life stuff. I think. Oh, that happened. part I wasn't aware of. Yeah, I I want to say he he had a uh, his wife had a miscarriage or something or. Oh, I didn't realize he was married. I don't know. I feel like I want to say his wife died in something, but I I don't know if that's true. Uh-huh. All I know is that he, he definitely has had some, like, traumatic stuff, at least according to the internet. Right. Um, right. But, yeah, he's just a very, like, all-around good guy. He has a motorcycle company, which is freaking sweet. You know, it's kind of interesting, you know, because, like, he's an underrated actor. He's not the greatest actor in the world, but he's well-liked for a lot of different reasons, if not his acting. Um, and, like, he came out in another movie that's on Netflix right now, Always Be My Maybe. Hmm. Um, basically it's this, uh, kind of like love comedy movie, uh, revolving around these two people who are actually comedians in real life. And basically they've been best friends since childhood and they always have this very complicated love dynamic of a relationship where they've had opportunities to be together, but for whatever reason they're not. And I was watching it with, uh, with Erica's side of the family and uh, it's I never finished it but it's just like yeah there's this whole troubling dynamic with them it's like oh come on like you want them to be together as the audience like come on why aren't you together already right and but then at some point Keanu Reeves does show up in the movie and I was like oh my gosh this is where this other meme comes from I did not realize that uh, cause there's one where he looks like he's really dressed up, like really nice long hair. And he like walks into like this big fancy room. It's, it's, it's a restaurant scene. That's the scene from the movie. Oh. And I was like, Oh, this is where that's from. And he kind of like plays like this casual, like douche in a way, like uh, the way he talks to the main character, it kind of like degrades him a little bit, but it, it was a good movie and he did well for the first part. He's he's definitely in a weird area of acting where it's like I don't know if he's a fantastic actor, but he's still good. There's something about like being good at being a bad actor or being bad at being a good actor. One of those weird things. Yeah. Update on what I just said earlier, just so I can clarify. So his girlfriend at the time uh, had a stillborn child. And then uh, that put a lot of strain on their relationship, and so they broke up. And then a few weeks after they broke up, she g- got sideswiped, rolled, and like died basically instantly Aww. in the accident. So he like apparently, according to Wikipedia, this is when like they were shooting back to back Matrix films, and so he had to like take some time off and you know 
so yeah he's it sucks <laughs> yeah poor guy oh man that was depressing but uh yeah he's doing cool now he's doing cool stuff now yeah yeah he's telling people they're breathtaking that's that's like the peak that's that's all you, <laughs> you can like, ask mm. for that's all that's all you can ask for yeah uh but i'm excited for cyberpunk 2077 i think i played a little bit of the witcher 3 i never finished it but definitely a good game i think cd project red has been doing fairly cool for fairly good with their stuff yeah so. i don't think i'll be picking up cyberpunk just because for one i don't own xbox and two um it doesn't attract me a whole lot to actually just want to play it but i think it looked really well like a really nice game it's on pc guy it is <laughs> oh sorry dude i didn't you can pre-order it on steam right now yeah still probably won't get it <laughs> you gonna take that back you're just gonna, are you gonna well you i gotta stick with what you just said uh for the most part maybe in a couple of years i'm like yeah maybe i'll try it <laughs> that's fine that's fine yeah i think it's coming to play, uh, ps4 too the thing is like sony wasn't at the wasn't at e3 and so a lot of that stuff that was like on both platforms maybe got pushed yeah, over yeah. to xbox but yeah, looks cool. Uh, one of the other things that was there was uh, Jedi Fallen Order. Star Wars Jedi yes, Fallen Order. Yes. And actually, it's perfect that we're talking about this now because they just released like the full gameplay of like, apparently there is a behind closed doors demo mm-hmm. and they are now actually releasing all of that. And then like a 25 minute demo? It's like, yeah, it's like 20, 20 something minutes long and it's it's great. It's basically like everything that happened before the gameplay demo they showed i think um yeah it's uh it definitely shows off a bit more of the open world side of things mm-hmm. because there oh, is oh it is gonna be open world i think so like from everything i've heard because i was talking i was talking to zach about this the other day mm-hmm. and apparently like even people who developed the game or someone they were at the conference when they showed off the gameplay and they're like why did you show that like it you made it look so linear and that's not what it is at all so apparently it's much more open world and you know choose what you want um so you didn't watch the gameplay demo at all uh no and so far because for one i i will admit i haven't been too interested in watching the the gameplay but also it's because i kind of want to wait until i actually experience the game just to absorb it all for what it is um overall i'm looking forward to it not to say that i i have it like i saw the cinematic trailer that came out not too long ago and i thought I'm like oh wow this is gonna be a pretty cool game right you know uh who's involved things like that like saw guerrero's coming back like i think this could, should be a pretty good game i just didn't like you like everyone else i thought it was gonna be like a linear game you know just point a to point b which i was fine with yeah funny thing about that cinematic trailer did you see the stormtrooper shoulder pads i think so yeah they're just like it, it, they're stuck in the a pose position like their arms are still moving but their shoulder pads were still in the a pose it's freaking great <laughs> i was like man that made it past qa um well i mean it's still a developing game oh i know i know it was just funny but so i won't spoil then like what happened in the gameplay but like i'll share with you some like t- some things you know general things so like there's a portion where he like walks into the ship their ship and I thought you were gonna say when he walks into a bar <laughs> <laughs> He walks into a cantina at Galaxy's Edge. Um, no. Uh, so he walks into a ship and there's like a star map there that he looks at and there's like different planets and things. It doesn't do anything with, but the whoever was playing the game like kind of showed that off a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he talks to one of the one of the companions there, like one of the main characters. And like there's dialogue choices that you have. Simple stuff, but it's there. So it seems much more 
open world than the demo would have you believe and what people have been saying. So we'll we'll see. Well, you know what? It's not a terrible thing if it's an open world because it wouldn't be the first time we get a Star Wars game like this. Yeah. Knights of the Republic was that. That was an RPG that like set the standard for RPGs going forward. Yeah. And at least on the D20 system. And that was essentially a bit of an open world. Granted, not a grand scope like, you know, Skyrim or Breath of the Wild status, given the technology at the time and limitations. But we already had something like that. And would you, when you were saying like, oh, dialogue choices, I'm like, well, that's over public-esque. So from like the little I've gathered from like the gameplay, it seems like it very well could be like Knights of the Old Republic where it's like it's open world in that like there's a small chunk that you can explore, but it's still very, you can go where you want, you know? Right. And and so then, uh, is it going to be free? Like, uh, shoot, what's the term? Uh, like free action mechanics? Or is it going to be turn-based like Old Republic? Oh, f- free. Okay. Yeah. that that's I think that, that should be the standard for any kind of action game. Yeah, it's, it's game. not, there's no roles or anything. Um, it's like uh, Dark Souls. Okay. So it's like where you can lock onto your target and you have to, you know, try and dodge, you can roll, and then you have to like plan your attack a bit more. So not so much hack and slash, but like a little bit more thought. Gotcha. Okay. So did you ever play God of War, the the latest one? No. I've seen I've seen it. So So yeah, like like, that. Like that. You gotta be tactical. Okay. That's fine. So it's like, you know, you have your grunt enemies which die in one swipe of a lightsaber, and then you have like your stronger enemies like the uh Perch troopers, which maybe, you know, they're a bit more of a foe to tackle, but they're not impossible, you know. It seems really cool. I'm really excited for it after seeing the gameplay. Like, I, I am cautiously optimistic because yeah. I, I'm very worried that it'll be cool, but it'll only be like a six-hour experience, and then that's it. I hope not. I mean, this this would be the third major Star Wars game in a row under EA that if it flops, they Disney has to reconsider their contract with well, them. So, like, they, they did say that, I think EA said that there's not going to be any microtransactions, there's not going to be any paid DLC or anything, like, it's, this is the game, this is a free, not, the game's not free, but I think in terms of DLC, it might be free, no, yes, I don't know, take back what I said about DLC, I forgot to say about that, but I know they said that there's not no going to be any microtransactions, yeah, I want to say they said no, like, major paid DLC, but I could be wrong on that. Something about DLC. There's like a ton of different games that have mentioned like what they want to do with DLC, and I'm getting yeah. them all mixed up. Like uh, the the Outer Worlds said that they have no big DLC plans. Like they're still trying to get the game finished, but they might consider DLC in the future. Right. So that's what I was getting mixed up with right now. But it seems like they're trying to like you know set- please the fans. Right. With yeah. good reason. Come on. <laughs> but I don't think there's any multiplayer at all. So it's like, if this is strictly a single-player game, I hope it's a meaty game. You know, I want there to be a lot of meat, a lot of to dig in there. Yeah, for sure. You know, to expand on that universe. And again, um, I wish they would just start creating stories outside of this whole galactic civil war era. You know, just give me something else. Give me... Or if, if you have if it happens to be in the same time time frame of this galactic civil war, give me a whole other area. Expand more on the on the lore of the Jedi and the Sith. You were the thick this completely new character finds an ancient temple and does all this stuff. 
you know, just like expand on that a little bit more. Yeah. Because I, th- I, and I mentioned this a while ago on like, I want to see the era right after Revenge of the Sith where stormtroopers are still clones. They're still using Venators, you know, that are painted gray. They're still right. using V-Wings. They're like, we don't even have TIE Fighters yet. Mm-hmm. And I thought that this game might be close and it doesn't doesn't look like it is. I would imagine it's within a decade after because because Saul Guerrero he has his big armor but he's not limping I don't think no he's not limping he's still bald he's still like he's still you know really like he was in Rebels you know he's still like I'm gonna kill the Empire Uh, but we talked when they uh, had the original gameplay about the Purge Troopers I was like, oh, the perch troopers are cool because they're basically the air airborne trooper armor, um, but with like the Magna Guard staffs and like mm-hmm. so that must mean like it's clone armor and they're using clone weapons. They they have to be clones, and so you know I'm a big clone geek. So I was like, oh, that means that like you know they should have the voice of a clone in the game. Nope, they don't have the voice of a clone. Well, that could be the start of. You know, them starting to decommission clones and they're starting to get just general people. Which I I get, but like, so the thing that... I think they're still clones and for some reason they just didn't use uh, D. Baker or Tamura Morrison, which makes me sad because... It's, constant, it's just familiarity. Right, because it's clone armor, which I understand like they could get people who weren't in, who weren't clones, but like the perch troopers are meant to be troops who are specially bred to kill Jedi. Yeah. Which is basically what the clones are. And they're wearing clone armor, which was specifically made for Django's body, right? Like that, it's made for clones. Like it's made for someone of this exact body type and specifications. Right. So it doesn't translate easily to other people, I wouldn't think. I don't know. It's a small thing, but it's like, it's kind of annoying to me. I, I get you. I get you. You know, I just see the other side of, you know, possible explanation, but who knows? I mean, I will be, I will admit it. Let's say this purge, a purge trooper takes off their helmet and it's clearly a clone. That would annoy me then. Yeah. Just like, come on. You couldn't get the breaker to reprise his role. I can understand maybe not Morrison, but come on. This guy has been this character for years. Not to mention, like, because they went with the the very like stereotypical like menacing voice, like Jedi, I'm gonna kill you, Jedi. You know, like <laughs> that that voice, and it's like, okay, it's so generic. I would have liked it to be like a clone. It's a small thing. It doesn't matter. It doesn't affect the game. Yeah, it's just because I'm a super hyper geek about the Clone Wars era that I'm really protective of it, and it's like. You didn't I, do the thing. I, I get you, dude. I get you. I like the Clone Wars just as much as the next person. Um, but yeah, well, I guess as you in your, your old-fashioned self would say, well, let's just see what happens. We'll see what happens. <laughs> it comes out in November. It's going to be a lot of Star Wars this month, or not this month, this, this year. year. Oh, yeah. November? Come on. That's nope. when Disney Plus comes out. Clone Wars. Clone Wars. Season 7. Is it? Okay. Is it officially called Season 6 or Season 7? Because I thought Season 6 was the unfinished um lost episodes i'm pretty sure it's season seven why is everyone calling season six then are people calling it season six i know there was yeah on the uh, the when they star wars celebration this year they put season six and i pointed that out to to eric i'm like no it's season seven when they first announced it a trailer that was online 
they said season seven. We're bring coming back with season seven. We're gonna finish the series. So who's calling it season six? People on the internet. That panel of when they went live at at celebration, season six. There was a there was a graphic. Season six Clone Wars. I'm like, no, it's season seven. How did you f this up? You guys are at Lucasfilm. Need to keep track of this information. Yeah, I think it's a weird like. Oh well, technically season six never aired or like. There was supposed to be more to season six. Like, I think these episodes were, some of them were part of season six, like the original season six. But then, I don't. Then, like, you, like, not two minutes ago, would say, I'm nitpicking. If this was supposed to be season right. six, then you should have announced it as season six uh, or continuation when you first revealed that trailer. Don't tell me, like, two months later that, oh, it's actually season six, not season seven. It's like, come on, man. Who's, who's running this show? I'm going to keep calling it season seven. I, I'm going to call it season seven until Dave Filoni says at some point it's season six. Until it comes from the man himself, Dave Filoni. Yeah. Yeah. That would be cool. Oh, that pisses me off. Did you see the, um, this was a while ago. This was actually back at Star Wars Celebration. But did you see the the Clone Wars uh, little preview they did at Celebration where it was like, they took like some of the Bad Batch part of the Bad Batch episodes and like the fully rendered scenes and oh they showed off. like a like a couple minute se- yeah. segment yeah that I thought was really cool I was really stoked that they're actually bringing that into the series uh, so it was really cool seeing them in action of all their different personalities Echo is supposed to be one of them right Echo yeah so they didn't get to that part in the episode. But eventually they, they do find Echo. Echo survives. Because Echo is the reason that they they go. I I can't remember because I watched the the animatics that they released, um, but I don't remember the exact circumstances that they go to this separatist facility and find Echo. I th- I wanna say that the separatists were trying to use Echo's brain to like get all of the the codes and stuff, like the Republic codes and strategies and everything. And yeah. so they, they hook him up to all these like wires and He's got like no arms and no legs. He's like Vader. Oh man. He's got a little like um poor guy. Not protocol droid, astromech droid, like a little arm that can go into the socket, you know. Oh uh, yeah. Um good old fashioned torture droid. Yep. So anyways. Uh, Star Wars man, I'm so excited. Galaxy's Edge doesn't require any reservations anymore, which is awesome, except there's still a ton of people. Yeah. The people are saying, like, don't go for two years. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, so I watched a uh, video of a guy who went there when they stopped the reservations, and apparently you still have to make, like, a reservation, kind of. Like, you you basically log in to get into a queue to where you're allowed in for, I think, a certain amount of hours at a time. Mm. You know, so it's like, oh, we're letting in groups A through um, A through G right now. You know, mm-hmm. if you're in that group, you can go into Galaxy's Edge. If not, you can't. You got to wait. Yeah. So they're still, I think, on that reservation system trying to keep, you know, traffic light because otherwise you wouldn't be able to move in there. Yeah. But yeah, I think we're gonna go in uh in October and I am ready to be very irresponsible with money. <laughs> I, I, I said that. I was like, I, I am going to be irresponsible. Like I am going to buy things that I should not buy because we're here. You right, know, right. like you gotta. Yeah, dude. Like there's supposed to be some really cool stuff, like a lot of like Jedi Sith artifacts. You can build like a really nice lightsaber. I, what I think the most expensive thing there is like four grand or something. Well, you can buy an astromech droid, like Isn't that a, what like, that is? like an R two replica. That's like yeah, multi thousand dollars. It's crazy. I saw this thing on Facebook that apparently people are stealing stuff to to sell it. 
Oh, that's sad. Yeah, it's it's kind of ridiculous, but it's just like, damn, are these like that hot of items? <laughs> well, like the cool thing about it is, like they're all in-universe items, like things that could, in theory, exist within the Star Wars universe. It's not like you're buying an action figure of Darth Vader. You know, you're buying a little wooden toy, like that Stormtrooper from Rogue One. You're buying like that, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but like they have like little silly things like uh, Jedi food capsules, you know, like, you know, the little cylinders that they hold on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they have that. Like you can like refill with candies. It's like, it's so stupid, but I also kind of want one. I want to get the holocrons, anything of that nature. Again, I love mythology stuff that that would appease uh, to so, me. So a cool thing about the holocrons is so you, i'm sure you already know about like you put in the different crystals they have different voices and stuff in the holocrons i heard something about that but i never went into like what it does so basically you know how with the lightsabers that you can build you can put different crystals in and it'll give you a different colored blade right well what you can also do is with the holocrons when you put them into the uh put the crystals into the holocrons depending on the color it'll give you a different voice mm-hmm. so like if you put a purple one into the jedi holocron it'll give you mace windu mm-hmm. if you put blue i think it gives you obi-wan um, if you put them in the red ones, then it gives you, a, I think, a lot of stuff by the Emperor in the Emperor giving lines. Um, but a cool thing you can do is, do you remember in Rebels how Maul was trying... Maul had like a Sith holocron, or no, had a Jedi holocron, and then... Um, Ezra had uh, the Sith one. Yeah, and then he wanted to combine them together. You can do that. Oh. So if you take the holocrons and you activate them both, and you set them on top of one another in a very specific way. It glows like they both glow purple and they're synced up and it gives you the voice of Bendu, who's like, you know, I'm the I'm neither light nor dark, I'm the one in the middle. It's yeah. like you balanced it. It's kinda it's really cool that they like went that far. Attention to detail. Yeah. yeah. But uh I don't know if I'm gonna build a lightsaber. I'm I'm on I'm I've seen them, you know, like not in person, but like videos, and it's like I'm not that impressed. I think the experience is cool, but for what you get. So would you say what people can buy at Comic-Con, you know, where like there's that specific vendor that has like those high-end lightsabers, are those better? Like to better, that's worth your bank more than what they're giving at Galaxy's Edge? Uh, I would say, I don't know what those vendors specifically sell. I've never been to Comic-Con, but... I know, so you can also buy legacy lightsabers mm-hmm. at Galaxy's Edge. So basically, mm-hmm. you can buy like uh, Luke's lightsaber from Return of the Jedi. You can buy Obi Wan's lightsaber from The Phantom Menace, Darth Maul's sabers. Although you had to buy them separately, um, those ones are cool because they you can still put the sabers in them and they still light up. Uh, but they're also like chromed out, like they look like the actual things. You know, they're all shiny and really nice and heavy. The ones that you build, they're like a matte finish like all of them are matte finish there's like no shiny bits at all so like they look kind of kind of crummy the the parts are metal like the pieces you put on are metal but they're still they're like painted metal is it better than what toys r us was doing years ago with like the 60 dollar darth vader lightsaber that you can get like it was like high quality for what it was i would say yes like so the cool thing about the build your own sabers thing is that like you can put whatever crystal in there right so when you build it, you can only choose from uh, green, blue, purple, and red. Uh, but you can also buy separately white and yellow, I think, are the, the other two that you can get. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is really cool because then you can have like, because I would definitely get the white one because I think the white blades are really freaking cool looking. You right. know, 
Give me a black lightsaber. Come on, let's go back to Force so Unleashed. <laughs> they they do have a black lightsaber crystal. Mm-hmm. It doesn't turn your lightsaber black. It just acts like a Sith crystal. But you can buy. Um, so as you can buy the yellow and the white crystals, you can also buy just the standard colors. Yeah. Uh, in the red ones, there's a chance that you'll get a black one. Like it's a rare chance. It's like you know you, you don't know what you're gonna get when you get a red crystal. Are you gonna get a red one or a black one? And the black one's really rare. Um, but it's cool. It's just like a little special thing. Cool. Anyways, so I think that's the cool thing about the build your own lightsabers, but it's like, I don't like the system they have. So the system is like, you choose your style, right? Do you want defense, offense? Uh, no, it's like defense. Yeah. Offense, peace or, uh, power, like Mm -hmm. something like that. And that dictates what set of stuff you get. And it's really limiting. It's like you have like four. No, you have uh, two top pieces to choose from, two bottom pieces to choose from, um, two sets of middle pieces, and that's it. So you're basically working off a template. Yeah, and it's like I feel like a lot of lightsabers that come out of that system are going to look exactly the same mm. because it's like the... Uh, well, if you think about it, it's probably for supply and demand. Oh, yeah. It's, it's definitely because otherwise it would be insane. And you also don't want people sitting there for an hour building their lightsaber from like 50 parts, you know. So I get that because they need to move people through. But I don't know. I feel like I would rather just get like one of the legacy sabers, like spend that money on something else, you know. Yeah. How much are they going for? So like the legacy versus build your own. So the build your own, I believe, is $220 That's or somewhere around there. It was like 200 yeah. And then the uh, legacy sabers, it depends on which ones you get, but I think by default they're like 150 Holy crap. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, I might as well just go for that. Some of them. Uh, you can get like Ahsoka's lightsabers and it has both of them. So it's got like, you know, one's the smaller one, one's the bigger one. That mm-hmm. one's like closer to 220, I think. Um, Darth Maul. So the cool thing is like you can get Darth Mauls, but you can only buy one lightsaber at a time. You don't get like both of them together. But each one comes with a bracket. So if you did buy two of them, you could join them together and make the double lightsaber. But uh, they also have the Temple Guard lightsabers. Those are cool. But they don't join together. It's so stupid. <laughs> they, want, they want the money. Uh, man. Well, no, but you can't join them together. Like, they don't even come with a bracket. How much is Vader's going for? Oh, I don't know. I would go for Vader and Anakin. Yeah, they have Anakin's. Um, they also have Mace Windu's. Of course. <laughs> Which I think Mace Windu's looks like the best, man. Like, it's just the nicest looking lightsaber ever. I don't know that I'd get it because Mace Windu's cool, but he's not, like, my favorite character. Like, I'd probably go with... Maybe uh, Luke's from Return of the Jedi because it's Obi-Wan's style from Attack of the Clones from Revenge of the Sith, that mm-hmm. like really uh, skinny neck. The funny thing about that one, though, is you have to, it comes with a separate neck that you have to screw on in mm-hmm. order to attach a blade because otherwise it wouldn't fit. Um, I don't know. It's cool. There's also like a General Grievous bust that costs like, I think, 300 and something, and I really want it. Those busts definitely look cool. I know GameStop has a few of them every now and again. Yeah. Like, I just, I just want, I want to have an office and I want to have a desk and I want to, I want to be like Thrawn and have just like these Star Wars like artifacts behind me. Right, right. Oh, that'd be so cool. Uh, but I, it costs I, so I get, much money. I get what you mean, dude. I mean, you you've you've seen my my hutch, you know, all the stuff I have in there. Yeah. That's basically <laughs> what I got going on. <laughs> but can you like 
Oh, that'd be so cool. Can you imagine just like having... Just thinking about it. Fun fact about Thrawn. He's really obsessed about the Clone Wars era. Bet you didn't know that. Well, I mean, he he emerged really during that era. There was a comic where he was like a slave and then he was founded and he was brought before Palpatine and he's like, I want to serve you. And then Palpatine's like, what could you possibly give me? You know, um, then he just climbed up the ranks, you know, and then actually that was around the time he first, during his time in the Clone Wars, yeah, he met Anakin. And mm-hmm. I know there's a whole book about them. I'm, I'm just now finishing up the first book, Thrawn, but it's cool because like, so in one of the episodes of Rebels in his office, you see uh, Commander Gree's helmet like in the corner. Right. And right. it's like, I don't know if they ever explained that in the books, but at least from what I've read so far, it makes sense because he's obsessed with like Clone Wars era stuff. Like, uh, I won't I won't spoil the book for you because I know you haven't read it. Uh, but there, he's like throughout the throughout the book, kind of he's like collecting stuff <laughs> and he's always like, oh, I found like this old buzz droid. It's like, okay, like, why you want to keep this buzz droid? It's like, I want to study it, you know? It's like, well, it goes with his personality uh, or his his tactical mind. Like, I never read the books uh, from the Legends stuff, but the way I understood it is that the best way to defeat your enemy is to know your enemy. And he could could learn everything he could about it. A culture through their art right and that's what he did like in rebels with yeah um, yeah and that's how he conquered so many planets mm-hmm. like so many of his enemies because he took their weaknesses and exploited it it's cool because you actually you see that a lot in the book you kind of it, it's very accurate to what they represented i don't know good book yeah 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 can't wait to read it. i know there's what the third book coming out third uh, book's betra- coming out in like uh, a month a betrayal or treason, something treason, like that? Treason, treason, treason. Yeah, yeah. yeah, which I'm really curious what it's about. I don't know. I think it takes place in Rebels where Thrawn had to leave to go meet the Emperor for some reason, but then he he talks to that governor through hologram. He's like, I'm here with the Emperor, and like I have to still, like after I come back, like, I'm going to have to deal with you or something like that. Oh. And the book takes place like during that time that he's away. Oh, I think that's what that was, or will be. That makes sense because uh, the Star Wars show just put out an episode where they had an excerpt from the book, which I didn't read because I'm still reading the other book. So I'm like, I can't, can't do it. But uh, they they mentioned that in the excerpt, it starts out with like Thrawn in a room with Vader and the Emperor. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, maybe maybe Tarkin. I don't know about Tarkin, but anyways, Thrawn's a cool character. Uh, we've got about eight minutes left in the show, Dom. Anything you want to talk about in the last eight minutes? Mm, man, I don't know if I should bring up Banjo-Kazooie. <laughs> bring it up. Let's do it. Well, this is the E3 special. This is the E3 special? All right. Um, so, yeah, I know we spoke about it a little bit more, but super stoked that Banjo-Kazooie is making a comeback, on at least with Smash Bros. Uh, just because I grew up playing those games on the N64, and I know there's a lot of rumors going around that he might come back or he might be a DLC character. And I remember watching that announcement trailer and, or no, I remember I was at, at the desk and on my phone, on Facebook, and I just saw just this thing like, oh, like you asked for it. We, 
you asked for it and we, we bring to you or happy to bring to you like banjo kazooie's come on smash bros I'm like what no way i see the trailer you see donkey kong diddy kong and king k roll just in the in the room just snoozing or whatever and you just see this gold jiggy piece come across and i flipped and i was like oh my gosh and i was so happy and then the, i remember i was spending a lot of time uh not on the clock. <laughs> Brian, don't don't listen to this. No, uh, no. Just in general, I sp- I spent a lot of time uh, just like looking up, uh, just revealed trailers or fan reactions, and oh my gosh, what everyone experienced. That's how I felt, and I know there was, uh, there was a New York GameStop fan reaction, and I don't know if you've heard of it or seen it. But everyone was like, wait, what's going on? Like, oh, like, yeah, Smash Bros, Smash Bros, whatever. And everyone's just like, they're all cheering. They see Donkey Kong. Like, oh, yeah, look, it's Donkey Kong for whatever reason. And then as soon as the Jiggy came across, the whole room exploded. People were cheering so hard. And then when they actually revealed the characters, oh, my gosh. I can guarantee people were crying. When was the last time they released a Banjo-Kazooie game? It was on the 360 Banjo Kazooie Nuts and Bolts. Hmm. It was, it was met with a lot of fifty-fifty, I guess you can say, uh, reception, just because the style, the artistic uh, representation, just was really different compared to the 64 uh, animations, and the way you had the. They implemented a whole new feature where your only form of mobility is through building a, like these weird cars or flying machines, and that's how you get from point A to point B. There's no way for, with running or walking. Simply because through story-wise, the character Banjo got so fat he can't move. So you had to build stuff. And people were like, is this Banjo 3E? Like, is this the third game in the franchise? Because they refer to the first two games, but overall fans were just like not super happy with it. And they're like, it's a cool game for what it was, but it's just like, it's kind of like Battlefront 1 and 2 with EA. It's cool for what it is, but it's like, it, it doesn't do the original justice. So people are still clamming for an official Banjo 3E, like just disregard that nuts and bolts. And actually, everyone was super happy, myself included, that the artistic style of Smash Bros, their representation is the original basically the original uh design and even the sound bites that they put in the gameplay trailer it's the original sound bites everything from those two games and i'm like thank god and refen told me he's like you know nintendo's pretty good at like doing fan service and uh um yeah, they're, they're good with doing fan service. Like, they recognize, like, the, the pros and cons of different things, but they know, like, what not to do, basically. And, yeah, they did a good job. And I was also happy because the the music track of the level stage, like, the whole gameplay trailer, was designed by the original composer of the Banjo games, uh, Grant uh, Kirkhope. And that was one thing that was like, oh, that's really cool. They bring back this original guy, and he... And it's funny because there's interviews with him where he's like, Nintendo reached out to me asking for for me to create something. I had no idea what it was for. I'm like, is it a Mario game? Maybe Rabbids? Is it Banjo-Kazooie? No, it can't be Banjo-Kazooie. And a month later, they tell me, yeah, it's Banjo. They're just like, what? Really? Like, that's so cool. Um, And yeah, it's just like, now this leaves the 
next question is, okay, Banjo-Kazooie's in Smash? Does this mean there might be a future Banjo-Kazooie game in the works? It's possible. I hope so, but I'm not holding my breath. It'd be a neat thing to slowly, like, bring that back, you know? Yeah. Just like, yeah, we'll, we'll add him into the game and then give you another game later on. Especially if they haven't had one in ages and people really want it. I mean, you know. Yeah. Because, be I mean, you can play the original games on the Rare Replay as, uh, thing with Xbox. Um, I bought it when I had the Xbox One. Uh, I literally just bought that Rare Replay for Banjo-Kazooie, Banjo-Tooie, and Conker's Bad Fur Day. Those are the only three games I wanted. And, I, and I'm like, that's fine. These are the games I grew up with. I love them. And if I can play them on a modern platform, like, I'll do it. You know, it's cheap way of getting my money, but it, it is what it is, you know. And it, it those games still hold up pretty well in terms of, like, the way they were designed, all the attention to detail, and... Just hearing about like doc in documentaries, like how they put the game together, the development, like the developers, they're their own voice actors for the game. Grant Kirk Cope, he does grunts for all these different things. He described like how one character, he's like a kind of like a shaman, and he has this whole chant of like doing like this magic spell. And he says in an interview, This is basically what I said <laughs> it to get this chant. And it's like some sort of like if you think you're all like if you think you're all tough, like come meet me in the corner or something. But he splits that up and he changes the the volume on it, and that's the chant for the the magic or whatever, and just all this other stuff that goes into it. Like I was so blown away with all this stuff that they did to make the game come to life. It's like one of those things where they reverse the voice of whatever he said. Yeah, basically, and um, like there's another monster where whenever he sees you in the games, that he goes like a rar, like like a, like a growl, like real quick. He's Do like. That again? <laughs> oh my gosh anyway so he's like he 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 gets on a uh, dang it he was on a youtube show with these two other podcasters and he says to them on the show that was me but i just changed my voice down that was me doing this the shaman thing or this is this other game developer on for the for the he did banjo's voice he did all the voice acting for that and i was like dang man like that is super super cool that's cool yeah, yeah. Well, like that that about wraps up. I don't know much about Banjo Banjo Kazooie, so I can't really add much to that topic, but I'm glad you're excited. Yeah, I'm, if you can't tell, guys, I'm super excited for if it. You can't tell we talked about it at the end of two episodes in a row. So, <laughs> so <laughs> I uh, mean, let's let's be fair, you know, if, if we would have talked about more about E3 last time, then I, I would have said all my piece then. <laughs> yeah. But we do have to end it for this time. Thank you everyone for watching and listening whenever you are watching and listening this. We will be right back, although it'll be like a couple weeks for you guys uh, to record the next episode. Mm -hmm. But yeah, thank y'all for doing the thing of listening and watching. I've said that already. There's not much else to say. We'll be out. Um, yeah, that's it. Good night. <laughs>